0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy. So, we've got myself here, Kieran, in Newcastle, and then my co host down
1: south, Ainsley,
2: <laughs> uh, Ainsley in how,
1: London.
0: How are you doing, Ainsley?
1: I'm doing well. Um, well, um, obviously, like today, what day is it today? It's like a Tuesday, cheese Tuesday cheese the 22nd of September that we're recording. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've just been told that, like, what we're not supposed to be opening up, um, well, no bars and clubs and restaurants and all that after colds at 10 pm for the ladies. Oh, yeah, that's not na- na- nationwide, isn't it? Because
0: I think from here, where yeah. we are here, it was like Friday from where we are, then a few days later, it said it's um, the whole country. Mm-hmm. Is it going to affect things that much though? Because you can still be out, can't you? It's not like a curfew, it's just uh, just a establishments are closing at that time, isn't it? At like 10 pm.
1: If You can't go anywhere, like all the places you go after 10 are these places, so it's essentially a curfew,
2: I guess.
0: Mm, to be fair, yeah, because you can't really go to a park at the time, can you with some drinks? And exactly, <laughs> media. Yeah, but, um, exactly. Yeah. I guess it's stay till the pubs will close on time and then go on. I don't really, I don't know about you, but I don't do much stuff between them, um, like during the week, it just be the weekend, exactly. so it's not really affecting me too much,
1: yeah. not, like... Right now, obviously, like, on, like today, it wouldn't affect me. I wouldn't be at the pub. But on, like, from Thursday onwards, for sure it will.
2: Hmm.
0: I guess. Um, they're just bringing in these things little by little, aren't they? I think they're trying to do everything they can without bringing a second lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but time will tell. It's, just, it's been my We've been doing these um, these audio, like, sort of remote recordings with each other for six months now. I thought, I really thought it was going to be temporary when we first started, like a lot of people Same. thought, all the lockdown measures would be temporary.
1: And I was even, you know. have been taking up my money, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you've got, got a premium, forget, you've got the premium
2: account, I, I yeah, guess it's worth yeah, it
1: yeah. after a while. Right. So, um, yeah, I I thought it was going to be temporary too. I'm so over doing, like, I mean, I say I'm over it, but like, this is just the way it is, isn't it? It's not going it's to change any time soon, is yeah. it? yeah.
0: I, I, at the beginning, everyone was given short estimates about how long we'd have to make these adjustments. And we thought, oh, we know, we just suffer for a, a short-term period. And then everything will be back to normal. We give it 12 weeks maximum. And, yeah, and
2: it's just awesome. foolish. But yeah. even at this...
0: I was saying to you the other day, even at this point, I'm looking at next summer thinking, these big festivals can't carry on if there's no vaccine. You can't have hundreds of thousands of people gathering somewhere. and um, And no kind of Effective cure between now and I I then.
1: I don't think they are going to find a vaccine either. They might, um, what they might do, they might still have the festivals, but like try to do them socially distant. So, like, let's say for instance, with in Glastonbury, if they usually have a cohort of about like 200,000 people that go to, the, um, go to the field at one time, mm. they might make that like 100,000 or less than that. So, we've got some revenue coming in, you know what I mean? I guess so. They should get rid of the families
0: that go. <laughs> well, they should. I know you're obviously a very open-minded of the we Like when we've been before, you've said, oh, it's for everyone and blah, 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 which I understand. But I know we've been there sometimes and I've seen families there with little kids. Surely their tickets should get revoked first. They can give them a refund because... It's true though, when you go a ticket? That's you're 10 years old. Like, what are you doing? Like... <laughs> Stay you at not home. A, but... <laughs> you not about the Glastonbury? No, I don't think so. Um I know there's an argument that there's there's so much to do there. It doesn't mean they're going be in the thick of some big crowd and in, in the middle of a friggin' mosh pit or something. Mm-hmm. But I just think what they're gonna get from Glastonbury they can get from other places, surely. Well if they, if they're looking for something age appropriate, for example.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I just think there's plenty of time in your life to go to music festivals. Why do, why are you gonna go when you're that age? I don't know.
2: I would
1: let that like, if I had a child, I would let I would well I would we could all go have to be in the family if it wasn't during term time. So like if it was um, right, yeah. if it was like on a weekend or on at, at half time that I wouldn't mind, but I don't think it's right to pull your pull your um your child out of school out of their learning just to to go just to go to a music festival. I don't think that's right. You
0: see, I forget, obviously, because I've only gone as an adult, but I forget it's, it's like, um, it's summer, but it's before the kids are broken up, isn't yeah, it?
1: It's, yeah, it's,
2: um, it's
0: the end of, of June, isn't it? So our kids are still at school. Yeah. Teachers I mean, summer. even when I was at school back in the day, it was frowned upon to, um, for kids to be on holiday during term time.
2: Because mm-hmm. there
0: were some kids, you know, all, the parents were always gallivanting somewhere. They were always going yeah. here, there, and everywhere, like during term time. What they do is they they put it in the official holiday, but it was starting a week earlier, so they they miss the last week of term, so they could go away for three weeks. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I used to hate, to be fair, because we didn't have much money, so we couldn't go on holiday. So I was bitter as hell. I used to see <laughs>
2: <laughs> <sighs>
0: So today's topic, um, as I, as we said previously, we've kind of it's come up here and there in, in previous episodes. As an aside, I guess, but never as a sort of focal point. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Would you like to introduce the topic again?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, we're going to be talking about internalised homophobia, what it is, what it means, how it plays out in our lives as gay men, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and everything like that, because I think you are right Kieran. that, like, that is that that's been mentioned in our podcast before. I think like any podcast about being queer is going to come up in some way or another, whether it's like you mentioned directly or it comes out in the things that you say. But it always. Mm. I think it's one of those things I didn't know it actually had a name until,
0: let me think. Maybe my early twenties, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that if you, I think if if you're gay and unless you grew up in in like you know in. Out in the stick somewhere or away from civilization, like everyone's gonna have it to some point and have yeah. to kind of deal with it at some point. Some of us deal with it better than others. I'm in the weaker side of that, I would
1: say. <laughs> 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 so I think we should like get it clear, like what do we mean when we say internalized homophobia? Um for me,
0: it's attitudes that we have, like negative attitudes towards being gay that mm-hmm. I think they can happen quite passively mm-hmm. and it, some sort of self-hatred. I think it comes from growing up in a society which has lots of elements of homophobia in it. And you kind of take on these like, negative stereotypes and attitudes without really knowing it. You might be discriminatory to, towards other gay people. You might be more judgmental towards other gay people than you would, other, than you would others. Um, it might lead you to sort of be apologetic about being gay mm-hmm. as well. Um, that's just me brainstorming. What's your take on it?
1: Um, I think I pretty much agree. So I would I would define, or I'd say that um, that like internalized homophobia is kind of like negative messages about um, gay or queer people. That well, that that we as queer people like take on and internalize, and like we display that in our actions and our words, and the way that we go about things. Mm. I think it's like the the internal homophobia is so pervasive. There's obviously I think that like, we've lived for so long um in societies that basically teach us that being not straight is wrong. I think that comes out in like myriad ways. Yeah. I think um and obviously that like, with uh, with the whole that like, gay well, sorry like gay male especially thing specifically. And um, when it comes to, like, maybe lesbians or gay women, I'm not going to speak on that since I don't have experience. But obviously, I think through our sexuality is linked with, like, um, our gender as well. So if we're, like, if we're men, if you're gay, then you're not masculine, for instance. And if we take mm-hmm. that on as people, then I think that's where we that's where we started running into problems with all this, like, mass for bullshit you always see. Like, then uh, there's a lot of gay men in one space and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, the closer you are to straightness, then the more valuable you are. Yeah, way. for sure, yeah. Or to like see straightness or, um, or male or masculinity. All of that, yeah. Like, yeah. All of that is, um, it's quite an obvious, i quite an obvious, like, symptom of um, of internalised yeah. <laughs> homophobia. So
0: I think the, the kind of aim or the kind of goal that people envisage when they take on this whole uh, internal homophobia, like, doctrine or whatever. It's that you need to be in shape, flat stomach, muscles, deep voice, yeah, like beer and sports. Like, <laughs> that kind yeah. of trajectory. Um,
1: you, you said, like, male is, friends. Yeah, like, you, you said just then, that, like, it's what, like, it's a doctrine that people take on. But I think, I don't think, for most for most gay men, anyway, I don't think it's something that, like, they actively do, so it's not what they consciously do. Is something that we do, like with like multiple times without even thinking about it. Because obviously, like I guess, yeah.
0: I think because we subconsciously know what's kind of what's desired for what what will what a man is supposed to be like in a traditional yeah. sense,
1: and what's more acceptable. to like, I'll be on, Carry on, sorry. And I'm sorry about what will be more acceptable to like other people. So, like, what would make you think that, like, you would fit in the most, It would be, like, you're the most liked, what, most desirable, all the things like that. Yeah. To make your gayness more palatable as
2: well, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, true. it's true, though, isn't it? It's like, oh, it
0: I'm gay, true. but, yeah. you know, or, or, or I'm gay, but, you know, I go to the gym, or I'm gay, but, you know, I like to hang out with the lads, like, oh, I'm not like the other gays, I'm not camp, I'm not a I'm feminist. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, it's it's... I know I've got a lot of these things going on, and, and I find it very like. Um, I think it, it comes from years of like hiding your sexuality and yeah. knowing what to do to try and fit in and, and try and find the radar. Mm. And then once you, if you build, if you go through your adoles- adolescent years, sort of employing these tactics and these um, these methods of like coping, is yeah. what you know is it's hard to shake off. Uh, um, I would say.
1: So when you said before, cause you, you said before that, like, you said you were on, I what it was that you said, like, on the lower end of internalised, masculinity, or I guess the higher end of internalised homophobia, sorry. Like What, do, yeah, what, what yeah, made yeah, you say yeah. that? Yeah. Like, what is it about you that that, uh, that makes you think that?
0: Um, I think it's because I still, I know, like, I'm, I'm just being very honest and raw here. Like, I, I feel that if I was straight, I'd be very homophobic.
2: What really? <laughs> oh it's just. It's,
0: obviously, I can only hypothesise. I don't. I don't know. What I, um, obviously, but I think it's growing up. I think I've always had the archetype of what should be like, like boisterous, mm-hmm. you know, argumentative, moaning or bitching about stuff. Um. You know, fights when a, when things get too much, and Anything I've seen that's contrary to that, I maybe have, well, I'm aware of it now, but previously it would have been, I subconsciously would have, subconsciously would have seen it as being a weakness. So whenever, whenever I saw like sort of effeminate men or camp men, and I see it as shameful and like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you acting like that? for? it's just weird, like men shouldn't be like that. Um, and I have calmed down, definitely, but there are still vestiges of it. I, I find it incredibly hard to shake off altogether. Um, yeah. I'm 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 being as open as possible like, You know what I'm like I'm not going to say I'm not going to say I'm not going to give you a, a PR version for the podcast I'm just going to say what how I feel and what I'm thinking
1: Fair enough I'm, I was surprised that you said that I'm really surprised that you said that you would be if you were straight you'd be homophobic but if you go and look at like I think you make a point that my... like <laughs> Sorry
0: I shouldn't laugh <laughs> so but hearing you say it like hearing you repeat my words has made me laugh to be fair <laughs> I think, oh, wow, um
1: yeah. So, what like i think my obviously you mentioned in, like the way you do it like the way you were raised the environment that you were in all of that which i get but i think you've got to also look at like all the people around you and, um, like, your brothers aren't necessarily homophobic, are they? Or are they?
0: Um, not particularly, I would say.
1: So, um, <laughs> surely, if you are, yeah like <laughs> Then you wouldn't be. And, like, and there were other markers for that as well, because, like, if someone is... or someone, I mean, it's, really, it's a really wild thing to put that like, glass face, to put your mind in. But if you think of yourself, like, as a gay man... hmm um, like, you can still be transphobic, can't you? And if Absolutely, you, 100%, yeah. Yeah, and if right. you were gay and transphobic, then that's probably the big indicator that if you were straight, you probably would end up being homophobic. But it kind of means that, like, you can only see your own struggle, you can't see somebody else's. You think, the, the angle I approached it was, is that I had an
0: idea of what, what was seen as normal, yeah. what was standard. You yeah. know, all the people that have power how do they act like and thinking I don't act like that there's something wrong with me and I need to get like them I think that's where it comes from
1: yeah so like are there any is there anything that you do in day to day that you think is like has come from that as in sort of how I act that's influenced by
0: internal Islamophobia
1: yeah um
0: Um, I'm trying to think I don't think I walk in a particular way do you know what I mean like like, (laughs) my chest chest puffed out or something like that Um, no I think I I think I would try and avoid anything that would be effeminate and and like it's not like it's not like a 24 hour kind of I'm on watch for 24 hours a day trying to I'm on like you know I think that's quite common though I guess
1: do you not think that kind of like that self-surveillance thing that you've got is like, is like as
0: a direct result of it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> like it's, definitely, it's definitely a symptom of internalized homophobia. I think it gets to a point where I'm thinking, do I want to do something about it or have I learned just how to cope with it and accept No, From a psychological point of view, it's not ideal, mm. but it kind of works just from a getting along in day-to-day life thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Which
0: is interesting, because I know when I hear my voice recorder, I think I sound quite camped to fit But I don't hear it in my head, but it's when I hear my voice played back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people make the joke about, you know when you see, I again mean, this isn't me, but just it reminds me of it. You know when you see on Grindr profiles, we get guys that see uh, absolutely no camp guys, blah,
1: blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I, well, there guys on Grindr, man, but like, I just think, It's just like, it's such a a cliche, man. It's like, why do you have to be like, like the bottom wrong, like the lowest common denominator? I
0: I feel I've had some improvement like that. So when I was much younger, I used to be quite anti-camp. But now, Mm -hmm. um, I found men attractive who are camp. I know that people don't like this, but we know what I mean when I'm say straight acting, but I kind of like a range of kind of personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when... I was sort of less open-minded. I wouldn't put any no this, no that at all to bear. Like yeah. whether it's about race, age, whether it's about body type, but I think it's just really, like, really, really crass and just tasteless yeah. and kind of rude as well. To be fair, I think you're gonna if you really have a preference, I think you should waste. Anything. Like, if you have to, if you want to state it, then just state what you are looking for. There's no point in saying what you aren't. Yeah, doing. but yeah, I'd, I'd never be one to sign and say, "Oh, if you can't, don't even bother speaking to me." I think that's uh, oh,
1: not my just, style. Yeah. I think that genuinely, like, this internalized homophobia thing is just so rife. It's just like, yeah, it's obviously like that's well I internalized homophobia is the reason why that, like, terms like straight acting, like straight acting is a thing, or like I said, mentioned yeah. earlier, like mask for mask, or no camp, no femme, like all of that, like, all of that stupidness. Um, There's like, um, I've listened to a different podcast. And they were saying that, like, the most popular cat, uh, porn category for gay, like, for gay men, is the straight category. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and that's that's reason... right. as you know, I do
0: tend to find straight men quite attractive often. Yeah. Um. Obviously, doesn't obviously doesn't lead anywhere. Obviously not. Um. Whereas you're quite different, and you have said that. As soon as you know someone's not like, interested in you, that kills any kind of. Absolutely. I find it extraordinary to be honest I actually <laughs> find it extraordinary like, <laughs> no. I think that it's because you know you get the idea floats around that gays just like what they can't have or they like the chase I don't think it's that I've always thought it's simply that I'm sorry I've always simply thought that whatever is closer to the ideal man are you being super masculine that's just what's attractive I think straight men have a self-aware, well, sort a lack of self awareness
2: mm-hmm. compared
0: to gay men because a straight man's not trying to attract a other man they're like they're sort of masculine but like trying to be it's like an effortless manliness that they have about them
2: and mm. it's
0: like for example, like you know if you have um you've got a gay guy with a good body like good biceps like good arms chest and everything and a, and a big butt like mm-hmm. they'll kind of dress in a way to shit off a lot of the time yeah where straight dude they won't be showing off they'll just be doing it and they'll be oblivious to it and I think that's what's attractive about straight men obviously these are big broad brush strokes yeah I'm sure you know what I mean like it's um, I think it's that kind of um, lack of like not being aware of their attractiveness to the same sex which is what makes straight men more attractive and just the fact that they're they're straight
1: yeah but, (laughs) but do you not think that like there's a bit there's obviously you said that like the most like the most attractive man is one that's like more masculine or whatever and doing X, Y, and Z going to a gym, like fucking like um like inject shakes into their veins or whatever. But do you not think that there's like a certain thing that like, if they if, like a straight man and that you can attract them? Or that like you can have like you can have this per like this person who is like your idea. Is that not part of it as well? But like you can kind of like quote unquote mm. turn one or or like see a person who is like perceived as straight, be turned like into gay or like will have sex with a gay- with a gamer. So there are some the whole
0: unattainable idea, that's never been my back, but I think there are gay men who fall into that category of the forbidden fruit or whatever, like that's the in your that's there. Yeah. It's like someone who from a gay point of view has been untouched in front of like a homosexual virgin or something. It's something different and exclusive, isn't it? But I think, you know, who would go around trying to turn a straight man or, you know, try and wait till they're fucking drunk or something. It's a bit sad really, isn't it? Like, it's a bit cringe. Yeah.
1: I don't know, like if people, I like, said, if it's like, obviously if things are consenting and whatever it is, then it's fine. But like, I just kind of feel that like, a lot of people have a bit, a bit more respect for themselves, man. Like, if you... Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand, like, why you're lost after these people. I've said it before, why you're lost after these people who don't want to, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, if it works for you, then it works for you. But, like, I'm not, like... The reason why I'm so like that is because, like, I'm just, like... I think because I've just been so afraid of, like, rejection in the past. Or the web is that like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put myself out there for someone. He's just not gonna. He's just not gonna do it, do it. again. So when it comes to straight, interesting. Men, um, when it comes to straight interesting, men, sorry, yeah. No, sorry, i on. Um, when it comes to straight men, for me, I'm not interested because like, let's say, even if, uh, even if we got to a point where we we're gonna like start having sex or doing whatever, I know that like it's gonna be something that you like. Are you gonna be ashamed of? Or is there something for you to experiment, or just like some some way that you can compartmentalise what's happened or whatever? No, it's not here any of that, do you want to review? Be... he's getting dashed to one side. <laughs>
2: exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: no, what, I, I agree with what you're saying. I've been attracted to straight, dude, though. It's never been like. I've never tried to pursue them. I've only pursued mm-hmm. guys that I knew were gay or guys that I suspected were. Yeah. I mean,. As you know from the past when you, like years ago and stuff, there have been times where I've perceived, perceived someone who I was adamant was interested, and then they've gone kind of horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> 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 but I've I noticed that I only ever. I've only ever done that when I've been absolutely sure, because I'm quite a hesitant person. I'm not very forward at all. Mm-hmm. And I think there's someone that was maybe a bit curious or something, because I've yeah. never put it all on the line for someone that I thought was completely straight. And I would never... I don't look into things too much either. Like, there's a certain way that guys... Like, straight guys don't give other guys the eye, for example. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't flirt. Doesn't, if they flirt, it's very much open and they would never like genuinely flirt if they were inter- if um, unless they were interested in someone else. Mm-hmm. But I can think of two separate occasions where one where it blew up in my face, one from her face, and I'm glad I didn't, you know, make the final move. Um, place I worked at for a few months, this guy there who I thought was really attractive, I was 100% certain, you know, winks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. smirks and whatnot. Enough for me I mean, I, think I was 25 at the time So maybe not as sane As I am now Because I, I am shit crazy But um, <laughs> Enough for me to think Something Enough for me to think I was happening um, So I got to Friday at, at work And I thought You know what Let me shoot my shot Like a fool Like in the office Like an idiot <laughs> I didn't have his number Or anything So I All I did was I had his work email address. I just emailed him a phone number Like just the 07 just Nothing else Just the email Um <laughs> Bearing in mind it didn't, it didn't occur to me That this person They wouldn't have known What my name was Because I was a new team Yeah Next to about 4.45 on a Friday Afternoon And I've sent an email Like my heart I've never done anything As outrageous and daring As before And I look over And there's several people Huddled around his Computer To me sending <laughs> email I'm like Oh shit I was, I was like, <laughs> Then I saw people Look at the screen And look over at me and, obviously, they're putting two and two together. Yeah. I'm in front of the computer, and I had to just pretend I didn't know what was happening, <laughs> type him <in my> a letter <laughs> away, and I was writing to a customer. Like. <laughs> I never thought I wanted the ground to swallow me, but um, I think, <laughs> essentially, basically, so I, to this day, I'm convinced he he was, I, I'm convinced that the, that dude was flirting. Like, to this day, no one will ever convince me otherwise. Right. Um, I think he didn't know what my name was, so when he got a, a phone number from a random, like, name, he would have thought, what the fuck, this?" And he showed it to other people who would have known what my name was. Yeah. Um, and bear in mind, I wasn't out at the workplace, but from that point on, I think people would have put oh, two oh, and two Yeah, together. you were out there, and well, and we're like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um And there was a whole, like, two or three weeks after, it was super awkward. Also, <laughs> no one ever said anything to me about it, ever. Yeah. But actually, no, I'll tell you, like, the data. But um, I just... Uh, that was just me being reckless and just shot my shot in it, so Oh god. I
2: think it's, so it's, it is
0: it's cr- it's cringe, but I think one thing I've learned from that episode, I I, I guess I could have done without without it happening. One thing I learned was, you know, don't inter- don't do anything like that overwork correspondence. I just stupid <laughs> <laughs> mean, I could I could have been told that beforehand, but um
2: I
1: mean
2: yeah. I, I told you it, it was cringe. I'm very much in,
1: like, in favour of like shooting a shot, Well, you've got to be a bit slicker than that, key man. Like, it's, like had you even spoken to this guy? Like, had a chat? No, with him. but Ainsley, the
0: chemistry, man, the energy, and the chemistry—like, it wasn't in my head. Do you think I would have done something like that if I wasn't sure that you know, the, the interest was recip reciprocated? I don't,
1: I don't, I, don't <laughs> think it's so, I just think it's so wild that you would like... You only, you only live once, man. But. <laughs> So you give you like you give your number to some give your number to someone that you've never uh, that you've, not, you've never spoken to, and they use your keys in that song. You don't know my name when she's a she's a waitress, and there's the guy someone. in the uh, in yeah yeah in that, like that's what that's the yeah
2: <laughs>
0: yeah you always you always order the special put extra cream in yours whatever she says um, yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: but I think because I if I. If I get infatuated with the I like, I I do actually turn insane. Like, all sense flies out the window. I do actually go mad. It makes for great storytelling, though. But, um, it does, yeah. yeah. I, won't, I won't do that again. Obviously, the rest of my time there is a, is, a, is a fairly short-term job. At the time, I regretted doing it, but looking back, I'm thinking... Yeah, I think I've said to you before, 25 was probably my um wildest... We have the... Just, you know. Yeah, 25 was a good year. I think I've been trying to rec- like, recreate it ever since, but I need to just... See what each year brings, and not and um, compete with other years of my life. I guess, but yeah, that was um, how do we even get onto the story? <laughs> I
2: don't, I don't know. even
0: know. We <laughs> talking about um, when you talking about sort of flirting with straight. but I think in this case, I didn't, I didn't actually think he was straight. I like I said, there's something going on. I thought like it, was, it, it wasn't, it was I will say to say, it wasn't just in my head. It's the biggest cliche going, but like you live once, right? in a hundred years time who's going to give a shit about what you did in your lifetime like these little instances here and there as long as no one gets hurt i know what's the mm-hmm. problem that's true that's true but yeah but cause it was it's incredibly embarrassing at the time but now i can look back and laugh now so all's well that ends well fair, fair enough <laughs> yes it's back on track as you said what are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah like
2: we're
1: talking about um of the internalized homophobia, which is fucking a long title, man. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been talked about it in like quite like not superficial sense, but like in the way that like where we focus on like our looks or just trying to like act as straight as possible or like mm-hmm. having that I remember actually with me specifically when before I came out, you know you have that like self censor like self surveillance in what you do. Like when you uh, what the clothes you wear. And the way you go out, even like the way yeah. I like, even like, did writing, I always think, would this make me see more camp or, or less? Guys,
0: you put if- like a above your eyes or something. It's right. <laughs> <You, you laughs>
1: <have more> <laughs> <laughs> not the giveaway. Obviously not that, but like, it's more like, let's say from writing, like, I, I, I used to write short stories, for instance, and if I was writing from like a character... Mm. Or if I'm like making an observation, would that like, would that would that like make me seem more gay or not? With me, it right. was like yeah, it was because I think when it comes to like huge like, your dating preferences, for instance, that's like you can quite you could like, see that like, you can tell that it's quite a, that's quite a big thing because it affects like another person that you're gonna see or who you might find attractive. Which all in like these small little microwaves as well that it would mm-hmm. happen really don't think about. So, like, for instance, like, putting on, like, putting on a certain, like, certain clothes and not putting on others. Or, like, um, if you, like, things that you talk about with, like, one group and not another, and things like that. Like, like mm. all, all little nuances like that, like, m- most of them stem from internalised homophobia. And before yeah. I came out of the closet, it was just so much, it was, like, um my internal homophobia was so much more than it is now because like i hadn't even i uh, hadn't even like like told myself i'd like, come to, um, had to come to accept myself that i 'm not a straight man or a gay man, so it was like it was like up to one hundred even though i'll probably feel mm. like still displaying, uh displaying the tendencies of a, of a queer person obviously. Both weird. I'm glad you mentioned coming out, because I still
0: yeah. haven't come out to my parents. Yeah. Like, um, like the majority of my friends know. Um, things know. I haven't told my parents, and it's bad because I feel like I should have told them years ago. Mm-hmm. And so much time has passed, and it's like it's, um. I've never thought I'd be rejected by them. I've just thought it's, it would be an awkward and sort of cringeworthy conversation. And the, the excuse I've always made is that because I never used to ask about relationships or girls or anything like that,
2: yeah,
0: I never felt the need. I never felt the need to bring it up, and yeah. it never came up naturally in the conversation. One or two times in the last year or so, when there's been an opening for it, so I, I assume they probably know or they have a a, a big hunch. But I just can't bring myself to say it. Um yeah. and that is definitely internal homophobia because if I'm be comfortable with it,
2: mm-hmm. like
0: I'm blessed with having even you know, I think maybe my mom might be different to my dad and she's quite Christian, even though I'm not, I'm not saying that they'd be it's not it wouldn't cause a big fallout, yeah. which is quite a fortunate position to be in, which not a lot of other games. Um and so like I haven't done this and I know you get the argument saying, oh, you come out in your own time, you can't rush it, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, like, at this stage of my life, I should have told them time ago, really.
2: Yeah.
0: And just, um... Just for transparency, really, because, you know, I'm I'm not super close to my parents, but I do have a good relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets to the point where I've I've sort of concealed it for so long, it feels dishonest. But even now, the idea of telling them is just... So just... I, I can't... I can't, um... Like this massive obstacle I, I can't overcome.
1: Yeah. It's really hard to be honest with you. And you are right mm-hmm. that like, um, our only time in life over is a barrier to us wanting to come out and be more open and expressive with people close to us, like our parents. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's really hard to like, to try and say anything to, like, to alleviate it. I'm in a situation where one of my parents knows and one of them does and one of them doesn't. And the reason why one of them doesn't is kind of similar to the, to the reason why you haven't told your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I mean, to me, as, as much as I, like, I'm, ha- I'm happy, I'm a proud gay man, a proud black queer man. I kind of feel that, like, just it being out and open and, like, you seeing your that like, your parents seeing you differently. And stuff mm. like that, it's just like, it's really hard. And as the time goes on, I feel like you get, it gets. it always feels like harder because it's like this facade that you've built up for so many years that you've kept intact for so long, it's going to be broken. Yeah. And that's really
0: hard. I, I felt that it should be a face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. I left my parents face-to-face in February.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: To my mind, there wasn't an opportune time for it to be discussed. It didn't naturally come up in conversation. Yeah. Um, corona hit, and I haven't I haven't left Newcastle since this, the beginning of March. Um, and obviously I've spoken to my parents over Zoom, like a lot of people have spoken to their family over Zoom a, a lot during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, you know, you've got to tell them soon. And i always making an excuse, but then I don't know what you think about I think telling them something like this over a video call is a bit, I think that's a bit weird. I think it needs to be a face-to-face combo whenever the opportunity presents itself. But then I feel like when that happens, I'll just make another excuse for it. Um, And I have run out of excuses really. Like I said, I'm in a much more favorable position than a lot of other gay men. And I just should tell them, I guess.
1: So, do you think? Um, do you think there might be an element of shame in what's prevented? Both of us actually, to be fair. That was definitely think? shame. Absolutely, it's hundred
0: percent shame. If I had nothing, if I was, if I had nothing to be ashamed about, it would have been in, an inconsequential detail. Of, oh yeah, by the way, you should know. Mm-hmm. But I've said to you before, and obviously, this this podcast, like, I think, if there are people out there who need some kind of encouragement and advice, like. You're best off listening to Ainsley. I'm not. I'm not the role model in this in this position at all. But after many times, I don't think I'll ever truly come to terms with being gay. Though, um, I feel like there's always maybe that kind of shame somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then I, I've learned to exist in this state. I mean, I don't see it as something that needs to be cured. Which I don't know how how you might feel about that. But the, the like the question of there is a, a shame there when I think about telling my parents, but I, I don't feel like there's anything I need to do to combat. It's just a case of I'll tell them at some point. Um, yeah. I know. I know most of us, no matter what your background is um, or your life experiences, I think most adults could do with some kind of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, when you want to get to paper either. but for me it's another it's just one of these ideas I have that I never do anything about um but the whole kind of internalized homophobia I don't think I can shake it off completely I don't think I ever will um which is what I was asking about before is that needs to be nipped in the bud at a young age or do you think it can be combated like later in life by internalized homophobia
1: so there's a lot there. First of all, I want to say that I don't think I'm more of a role model than you when it comes to um, when it comes to things like this. Obviously, we all, we both, like, both of us. I don't think there's a single gay person or a single queer person alive that won't feel at least some kind of shame about the way that we are, because like the messaging that we've received, mm-hmm. if it's from the home, from um, religious doctrine, if you subscribe to it or once did subscribe to it. Is um is just completely is completely negative, and I think that like for both of us, it's had definitely with me an effect on the way that I have lived have lived my life, the way that I see the world, uh, how confident I could be, how um how like self assured I could be at any time, because there's always this like this that I'm not a, I'm not a right person, I'm not the good person. In this, mm-hmm. I think that I've come to a place that since coming out. And didn't really, like, um, really, like, accept myself and, like, being happy, not just accepting, not just acceptance, but, like, actually being happy and being proud and prideful of who I am. Um, Yeah, I I just think that's just, like, that's kind of, like, more of a forward trajectory that I'm trying to go on because I've got this level here and I want to keep, like, keep growing on it. I think that... um, I guess it goes on to your other point that you made as well is that like do you think that like you can ever shake it off or it can ever like go away or you can do things about it and i and I really do i think um well i yeah I, I think if i didn't I'd be just like sort of a more pessimistic person, and that's like these like these mm. mindsets can't change um I think that actually I remember on um on a Different podcasts, I think it might actually be the very first podcast that we ever recorded. You said something like, um, I see myself as being black before I see myself as being gay. And that, that, that sentence has lived rent free in my mind for two or so long really? <laughs> since it's been recorded. And at first I agreed with it, but now I don't think I do. Um, at the end of the day, I think for both of us, these are just two immutable characteristics. And I kind of, like, it, I, it's easy for me to think that way because it means that if I do, then that means that, like, I'll always have the acceptance of the people who are close to me, like, my family, for instance, or very close friends of mine. But it also means that I'm, I'm denying a part of myself that, like, I can't help, that is either, either a source of, like, joy and inspiration and creativity and things that, like, image my life if I let it. So what I said then... I think I probably like, want to say now is that like we're, like, we're black people, we're proud of being black. And I think we should let our pride for our blackness inform how we should feel about our queerness, about how it feels about us being gay, mm. if that makes sense. And that's a really yeah. hard, that's a really hard oh, thing. Man. I think it's harder still for us because we don't see people like us, like queer black men who have been through similar experiences taken on the kind of messaging that we've taken on before. Yeah. So it's so, but, um, we're also living in a new time now. One of the things I love so much about Blackout UK is that they are, there are black men from all across, from post diaspora, from, um, who all mainly live in London, but live in the UK and they are healthy. Some of them are older and they're all thriving. You know like their problems aren't just akin to just them being queer people and they will be able to relate to the situation that we've been in so if they can do it then yeah. we. i remember like jiday um jiday mccauley the pastor the reverend that we um had on he he got married didn't he got married had a child and came out after that ended up with all of that yeah so and
0: I, now he's running, you know, his big organization. And, yeah,
2: exactly. And stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, as in, like he's overcome a lot of course, probably bigger obstacles than I've overcome. So it's it's possible, this, definitely. Yeah. Maybe I,
2: maybe
0: I need to be more, maybe I need to be more optimistic about it. I guess. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, thanks. Thank you for your words, Ains I was I was listening to everything you said. Aww. I think I needed to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i
1: just think yeah i just think you need to i think one thing you just need to lean into lean lean into it because these things about you are the things that people like the most like um your just on dying on dying devotion to Avelia banks for instance <laughs> <laughs> To my
2: about, last
1: breath, oh, I love that woman, <laughs> uh, Actually, about that, uh, have you seen on Twitter, um, an old Breakfast Club interview that she did in 2018 has resurfaced? An old um, what, sorry? An old Breakfast Club interview. Have you seen Is it? Is that
0: when that you, interview, she's got like a sort of Bob Wig, hasn't she? She had, yeah.
1: yeah. And um, Charlemagne the God asked her, uh, always like, my intern said that you make music to Gabe. And she's like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a long yeah. silence, and she's like, What's wrong yeah, with she that? Says, oh, <laughs> dashed.
0: She's like, So what now? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> you talk about that that video, in the, that clip on the breakfast clip. I you might think it was a part of a longer clip where it was yeah. a bunch of her quotes because I she watched, is hilarious. Um, like
1: I watched. Her... I watched um... <laughs> I listened to because I'll will do my work today, and I listened to the whole thing. So I listened to pretty much about the entire interview. And uh-huh. like, one thing I will say, because I actually haven't watched like a, a whole interview with her, like just her talking. She still says mm-hmm. some wild shit, man. So, like, some wild, yeah. wild <laughs> shit. <laughs> but she does like, and like there were certain things that like that that Charlamagne got after that she just doesn't answer. Which I guess is fine, but like, mm. it's kind of things that you want that you kind of want to, want to pin her to because it's the reason why people think that she moves so mad. But outside yeah. of that, like, if you take the, like, coarse language aside, there are some things that she does say, which, like, does make sense, kind yeah. of. And, yeah, and like... I think there's a kind
0: of refreshing honesty and, like, forthrightness about her that you don't get from other celebrities, yeah, and I think it comes from just not caring what people think. She's—I think she said a long time ago she wasn't fussed about making lots and lots of money. She was about making music that was radio friendly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she's doing what's, and I think it's because she, is a celebrity with star power, but you could see her as being someone that you, who is special, but someone you could quite easily bump into, yeah. like in your day-to-day life. Yeah, I don't think I'll, I'll never see it as a celebrity per se, but um. If you look at Hot 97, it from 20, it's from 2015 or 2014, I think. Um, yeah. She's just got a lot. Of, obviously, there's a lot of wildness with it, but you know what I like? I like chaotic people. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> here for, you know, I'm not here for presentable people, people that have all this shit together. I'm not here for people that are like, all, you know, like super like supermodels and whatnot. I just yeah. like people who interest me and who excite me. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. There's a reason, you know. You know, I have. I know, I have good taste. Come on, like there must be a reason why I like her. Uh,
2: <laughs> the amount of
0: time she's the amount of time she's come up on, on this
1: podcast is mad a little She's come up like I think she's probably oh. the most quoted artist. She's just hilarious. She's I think. Yeah, and I think like, she's got... <laughs> Remember that, like, it is black game. We, like, we have black gay men on this podcast. And
2: yeah.
1: um, like, a, most of the fan base is gay, in not it? Like, yeah, well. yeah. So, because um, uh, even <laughs> um, he had on the sex worker, he mentioned the lady bank with so like no prompting either. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. someone said that. you. Someone
0: said you make music for black. For, no, someone says you make music for gay people. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's all that like, nonsense about. It. I like, do. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, lost, still, I lost still, still it, really, like, yeah. yeah. Just silence after, yeah. Like next question. I, know,
1: like, yeah. I love awkward silence as well. Yeah. Like, so what now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so I was gonna wait till we did spot. I'm not the like spotlight now. Um, on our Instagram page, um, I started doing because this is gonna be a longer story than I thought it would be. But um, I'll be doing, like, mini reviews of, like, albums by QPLC with people of color. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's an extension from, like, before we did this, well, before we, like, went on Instagram and stuff, I used to do, like, really short reviews of albums. And so I listened to an album um, today to review, do a two-minute uh, two review, like, a really short one, by a guy called Ian Isaiah. He's like released quite a few albums. He's some he's from somewhere in the States. I can't I don't know which state he's from. He's like quite like a bit femme. Like, a bit, kind of like kind of like goes between like mask and femme in the way that he looks. And like mm-hmm. um his previous albums have been very raw. So they like have a mixture of like dance hall and R&B and lo-fi and trap and stuff like all mixed into like one sort of thing which is very hit and miss. Mm -hmm. I thought the production on his other stuff was like a bit ropey in places. But I listened to this album, it's only like half an hour long, less than that and I fucking loved it. It was so good, (laughs) like the direction has changed in a massive way. But before she was like mixing genres, mixing styles, whatever now he just decided to make like a complete funk album. It's mm. like if um if Rick James and Daft Punk had a baby. <laughs> oh wow,
2: okay.
1: And, that's, quite the description. The, um, and that's what <laughs> the album sounds like. Um like um on, on his other stuff he always used to do stuff like put in like um like skits where they have to like machines and stuff and his literally would be filthy so like when I heard him like start off and there was like this really smooth saxophone in it I was like what's going- no, what's-, what's happening here what's happened to the sound <laughs> and that's <why> I <laughs> realized, like that realised about the whole thing and I think it's so good uh, What's the album called? Um, it's called Auntie
0: <laughs> Auntie I think you posted it on the page today didn't I you? I did yeah I did um, yeah, I'll give it a listen.
1: Uh, my favourite song on it is called First Love. Um, I've, um, I've shown it to two people, to be fair, and it's actually gotten quite a mixed response. One person, I won't say who, said that they found it a bit cheesy, <laughs> but they're straight, so their opinion doesn't matter as much. <laughs> and then another um, another friend of mine. Um, he did to it as well, and he liked the songs, but he referred his old, more like raw material. But this is like, it's honestly, idea, I, yeah, I really like it. Like I said in my Instagram post, I like I can't recommend it enough, and I really can't recommend it enough. Yeah, he's, uh, he's um, an artist that doesn't really get that much exposure, although he was featured in Vogue magazine with um, Weirdly to promote this new record. So do you think I should head in straight? For this, this for these, latest like album. This album, yeah, don't listen, right. don't don't listen to the ones before. The ones before a bit weird. I don't have the best concentration span,
0: so the trend of doing sort of thirty to thirty-five minute albums, I'm all aboard with that. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's true because it's, it's. I think it's a perfect amount of time. You don't lose concentration, mm-hmm. and it's it's just a convenient time frame as well. When the albums back there the were, if the albums past an hour, I'm not listening to it in one go. i just can't, yeah, not like,
1: I'm sure I've got ADHD just undiagnosed, but yeah, um, well, i, I will, think, that, I'll I'll think it's quite f- normal, to be fair. Like, if there's an album that's uh, uh, over an hour long, it's going to be hard to maintain your, like, sustain your concentration for all of those songs. Even if it's excellent, like, it's hard to concentrate, I think, yeah. for that if amount you know, of time. Right. Um Piana Taylor, who I'm sure has come up before in this podcast as well, she's released a new album. I think, I don't remember what the album's called, actually. What, there was
0: 23 songs long. Did she release that late 2019?
1: I think it's either late
0: 2019 or in 2020. So, big the, build, the album of her, so it was like an EP slash album. The one is it from 2018? The one that everyone knows Rose in Harlem. Oh, yeah. Um, um, KTSC, K, that's the one. Is it KTSC? Something like that. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember the name of it. Um. I've not listened to anything since then, but I saw she had. I know she's had that album since then. Mm-hmm. Um, should I listen? Do you think the one from last year or year whenever it was?
2: I haven't listened
1: to it all. Honestly, so I've, I've listened to like the first five songs, and because I know there's so much to go, I just can't. I just can't do it. It sounds bad, but I read. I, mean, I, yeah. it. like, I can't. do it. especially
0: in our time, when there's just when, in our time, there's information everywhere and social media and smartphones have, have destroyed concentration of our generation. Mm-hmm. Like even out mm-hmm. in the Long albums, come on. <laughs> There's a lot to ask for the listeners. But yeah, interesting. I will give it I'll give it to this. So this this album that you mentioned by
1: Ian Plays Ian Isaiah. Ian Isaiah. Yeah, it's called Auntie, right. the album. Auntie, right. My favourite song. Like if you only want to only want to listen to one song, listen to First Love. I think the production is so good on it. Like just little things, like little things to keep your interest in the song. Especially like with like disco songs or funk songs, they know they have that groove that keeps ticking, that keeps like keeps going, keeps ticking. And so like if you add like yeah. a bit of a, a bit more of a beat in like the middle A or something like that to like keep the interest going throughout it, it does it. So you do it. So great in that. And he okay. has perfect. Yeah. voice. You know, like Rick James has that kind of like falsetto, kind of like sex god, kind of like. I yeah know, I thought that E and I vials are the same thing okay, the- you're selling you're selling it well.
0: <laughs> that's my evening planned out so I'm, I'm going to watch Great British Bake Off which starts <laughs> uh tonight <laughs> okay, and after cool. that's finished I'm, I'm going to give uh, this album a listen
1: now that you mentioned um, Great British Bake Off there's a guy mm-hmm. in that um, in Great British Bake Off who was like in the advert and I really can't tell if he's really hot or not. I'm not going to say his name.
0: <laughs> a current series or a past series?
1: Pardon? Um, the new series mis- or the one that we're about to watch? Like, in about 10 like I
0: s- I scanned I scanned the new contestants very quickly, like, last week, but I'll have a, a proper look now. But I quite like him. You Liam from a few years ago? Liam? From 2017. He's really—he's like, he's, hes a black dude. He's guy.
2: Oh, quite, he's really sweet.
0: I, he's so—he's so fucking cute. Oh my god, like, I can't handle <laughs> it. But um, yeah, I, that scene I watched recently—it's from like 2017. But I, knew, I I was aware of him but I watched it recently. But I just I fell in love with the screen. He's like, okay, sorry. You just want to you just want to give him a big cuddle, He
1: was that sorry, it's Liam. It's Liam. Oh, oh yeah, I've Liam dude from time, years ago. Time. Do you remember Selassie? He is the epitome of big Dick energy. Yeah, he's got yeah, he's got a calming presence in it. <laughs> and, um, like, you can tell that he's confident. He's not cocky. He's not arrogant, but well, he's self assured. Yeah, yeah. It can go on record that I, that I, I mean, I said that I don't like straight men, and that's true. But like for last season, like he's a straight man who I find very attractive. <laughs> he's got he's got a jollof rice um,
0: video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I say this because where, where's he from? He's not from, he's not Nigerian. He's either from Ghana or Senegal. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Probably Ghana. It's probably Ghana because the whole Jollof thing is between Nigeria and Ghana, isn't it? There were other countries, um, but those are the two main ones, yeah. Yeah. But I've got to say, like, I only had Jollof rice properly, like, quite recently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's saw that Nigerian takeaway. It's a, it's a restu- Nigerian restaurant I haven't been there in Newcastle called House of jollof. Yeah. Was it Jollof How do you say it? Is it Jollof I always forget. But, anyway, I need to know how to make it, because it is a very, uni- like, it's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not universal, versatile meal. Yeah.
1: can anything, but, yeah. I mean, it's delicious. Do like it absolutely is. Delicious. Yeah. It is, yeah. There's, no, there's no, no about
0: food. You can't have Jaluf by itself, rice and beans you can't have itself. I'm like, I'm like, it just needs to be a competition. they both serve their purposes. It doesn't, like, it's fine. I mean, but like, yeah. have,
1: on, on this point, on this point, they can have it to us with you. They can have Jaluf by itself, they yeah. can have Jaluf by itself. We'll concede, yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let them have it, yeah. <laughs> it's just the truth. That's not taken away from our cuisine because Caribbean food yeah. is my favourite favorite of all the cuisine. Exactly. But yeah, but like it's just one dish in there, it? it's just rice rice and peas. Yeah. If you are, if you if you want that so bad, you can have it <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: I need to do more like um, like you know, more of that cooking though to be fair though. You know so I don't I don't cook anything from like any traditional meals. You know, even though I see my mum and dad cook them when I was growing up. I just don't yeah. really venture and I feel I feel shame you
1: well, I think you might struggle to get some of the um, some of the ingredients you need up up there in a um, there in Newcastle.
0: You can't. can't oh, there's one area. The first place I lived when I moved up here. It's like La in Newcastle, but there is one right. area. Okay. And there's like a, there's like an Asian shop where they sell all the different herbs and spices. I'm sure they must do that Scotch bonnet planting, all that in there. Sure. Yeah. But I never go there. It's not even far away. Just jump in the car and I take myself there.
1: Yeah. Um, you. Do it, but let me stun on these housemates. <laughs> 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 I've um I've attempted uh curry goat, curry goat and rice a few times. I can make curry ghost That's one. That's one of the few things I can make. Yeah. The, um, I was like rice and peas and chicken is fine. Mm-hmm. I can do. I do a good um, ackee and saltfish as well. is delicious.
0: So, so when I say curry goat, one of the few things I can make. I think it's the only, like. traditional Western English I actually do To be fair I'll do curry chicken Or curry goat Um, I For shame But I'm not a confident rice maker I don't make rice often And also I started Oh god I can't eat from the recording I, I, I used to, I, for a few years ago, I started buying the packet rice that you just no, boil really quickly because no. I only want like 100. <laughs> yeah, my mum found out. My mum found out she was disgusted. She, she, she hid it well, I could tell. But like, I only want half a pack of rice, like a small portion. And obviously, when you're just cooking for yourself, does it really make sense to like, a big pot of rice as well? I can't use that as an excuse, but anyway, I should be able to make rice like, you know, on the hub from scratch. I'm a bit haphazard at it. And also, I'm not really, I haven't actually tried rice on these properly yet. Um, but I feel. At my age, that is pretty disgraceful. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a half-decent cooking baker, so I'm sure I'll use... Like with anything else, this needs this takes a bit of practice, doesn't it? I've yeah. got a good, a good um, ton of flavour as well, if I do say so myself. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm not worried about learning it, but I just need to get on it, I think.
1: But yeah. yeah. Um, we're Black Boy Joy podcast. Um, we're, I mean, you can probably, wherever you're listening, you can hear us on Spotify. Yeah, the link, Spotify,
0: Twitter, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, always a place to leave a review. If you mm-hmm. we can't force it to, but it'd be nice podcasts. if you did. Like
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and nice blogging <laughs> with you. Tell us how great, we are, how great we sound, how you love the topics, anything like that, we'll do. <laughs> yeah,
0: you can DM us on Insta or Twitter. We are really laid back people. So you don't need to be shy about getting in touch. You don't need to be shy about being rude. It's all fine.
2: We're mm-hmm. human.
0: And we like hearing back from people, because it doesn't happen very often, but we just want to know that like we're in the right direction with content and, and
1: yeah, exactly. So and, so forth. and if there's anything that Kevin and I say like that you want to um, you like, you, you tell up what the time is, then, <laughs> then we'd be more than happy to do that as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, if... um. You want nothing or more to say, Keith?
0: I think that's everything. We'll sign off now. We're going to tune in to Bake Off and see what's going on this year.
1: Yeah, see if this um, guy—if guy is um, uh, looking as, um, as a whole as a whole would be. I'm, just, I'm like not that. sure if he
0: meets Liam's levels of cuteness, but we'll see. I don't
1: yeah. think he will either, but we'll
0: see. But, yeah, um... There's only one Liam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.